Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Telegraph. Podcasts. The Telegraph Total Football Podcast in association with Line Trust, specialist fund managers. Hello podcast fans, I'm Tom Gibbs. Welcome to Total Football. No, you have not slept through to Monday morning. We are bringing you a very special extra podcast this week. I have escaped the confines of the Telegraph's audio recording facility and I have gone off on an adventure to find the former England international, Sol Campbell. As the League Cup final looms, we ask the former Arsenal hero if his team can repeat Wigan Athletic success and complete a miserable week for Pep Guardiola. We also ask Sol about the challenges he's facing in trying to become a football manager and get his thoughts on whether Arsene Wenger might quit if he wins at Wembley. Spoiler alert, Sol said. No. Let's not waste any more time. Over to, well, over to me and Sol Campbell. So welcome, Sol Campbell, to Total Football. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, Good. You know, it's a nice morning today. Happy. Um, Yeah. It's good. Good. We're obviously looking forward to the League Cup final this Sunday, Arsenal versus Manchester City. How do you see that game going? Well, I think, uh, you know, everyone's got you know, Manchester City as favourites. Um, you know, and you know, rightfully so, because, you know, how they performed. Obviously, with the FA Cup, uh, that was a, uh, a nice surprise for a lot of people up and down the country. But um, I think that just shows how a one-off game can go. And uh, yes, Manchester City are the favourites. They've got the form. um, They've got the players. They've got the the momentum. uh, And whether the loss um, against Wigan, hopefully that's not overhanging. uh, Because sometimes they can, you know, put a little seed of doubt uh, even though they're great players, I know some players uh, were on the bench and came in afterwards, but it just shows that sometimes you can be knocking on the door all day long and not, not, not get in. And, you know, they had fantastic chances. They had all the play. I mean, they had 80% of the play uh, possession-wise. And they probably went off the, came off that pitch thinking, how did we lose that game? Um, statistically, it's it just all kind of balance out oh if you have all this amount of possession that's the way they're going you should ultimately win but a one-off game with you know the FA Cup uh, fantastic history and how teams seem to you know lower league teams seem to kind of you know do it time and time again and that's the special thing about the FA Cup I don't know about the League Cup might be a little bit different but I'm saying that could happen again 
you know, they can have all the possession. You're comparing Arsenal to Wigan. So. No, no, no. The chances, chances, the chances that they have all the possession, the chances, and then, you know, they hit the post or whatever, and then Arsenal have a few chances, and one goes away, and they score. And that could happen. Or the flip side could happen. They could win 4-1. You know, well, it could be one of those games, Manchester City. When you're watching that Wigan game, were you enjoying that, watching the underdog win? Because in your career, you were more, you were more like Manchester City for the teams you were playing than you were Wigan. Did you have sympathy for Man City in that situation? Well, thank God, I've, I've never lost to a lower league team. I, I, you know, I can, God, I'm lucky to be in that position because you've got to be up for it. You know, if you understand the mentality of, of, of Britain or definitely England... And when you're playing these games, especially away from home, not at home, away from home, you've really got to roll your sleeves up because it's interesting that it, not only that game, but I was watching another couple of games um, and I, I saw other players getting, not roughed up, but some of the lower league players just giving it a bit of like, hey, okay, you're, you're two levels above me, but we're on the same pitch here and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fight for the ball. And it was interesting how I... I saw that happening and I said, that used to happen in the Premiership, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where you used to have good players, and but they was used to a little bit of rough and tumble. Not rough and tumble in a fighting way, but really fighting to get their body into the ball and, and you, know, give, you know, go for it. And you were doing that presumably at the highest level of the yeah, Premier League. Yeah, and, and it's quite interesting how some of them could, some of the players were shocked by that kind of, uh, not physicality, but... Just aggressiveness, players being aggressive, doesn't, it didn't matter if it was a small player or a big player, they all had that mentality of kind of, I'm going to really fight for the ball. And that's the beautiful thing about the FA Cup, when you play teams that are, you know, you know maybe a couple of leagues below you, but, you know, on, you're on the same pitch and you're on, my, you're on my home ground. And that's why you've got to be ready for it. And I think, I don't know, Man City had the fantastic play and the possession, but... Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about it. You just never know, and uh, it was it was nice seeing that. I I kind of I I enjoyed that kind of um, you know players really going for it with skill and, and passion, but really fighting for for the calls to to win a game for ninety odd minutes, and um, you know I wish that was you know around more often because that's the kind of football I kind of was brought up in and I played high level, obviously, you know, within the rules, and, but you were just in there and fighting for the ball and every single game you was up for it. Manchester City are not like that, are they? Well, you know, it came down to one mistake, really, um, and they put it away and then obviously Wigan had, you know, a lot of, a lot of luck on the day, but that's, that's, the, that's the cup and that, that will continually happen. It's incredible. You, when you look at the wealth and the money's been spent and uh, with Manchester City, and then you look at Wigan, it's, it's, it's incredible. That's, that's, that's what football's all about. That's why I think a lot of people up and down the country, not just me, just, just was, um, I wasn't pleased that you know, Manchester City lost, but just the beauty of that can still happen. Yeah, we still love a giant killing, don't we? Going back to the League Cup specifically, well, if you're Arsenal, what do you do tactically to try and shut down Man City, try and stop them playing? I think when you look at Manchester City, it's all possession play. And um, I think, you know, there is time to be tactical, but there's, there's times that you have to press up and allow your front guys to press against their, their back line. Um, and almost in, in moments, go literally one-on-one uh, and win your zone. 
um, and, and be brave about it as well. And then if you do that, there's always going to be one spare, two players spare. But if you can manage to put those two spare players in, in not so much a dangerous position, I think, you know, and you press at the right time, it's all about pressing at the right time, you can have joy. You can't press all the time because, you know, you, you want to conserve some energy, but you've got to have the players pushing at the right time to kind of make that difference and get a, you know, a little nick or someone that makes a mistake and then they're in the good position, higher up the pitch to kind of say, right, let's go for it and then relax and, and allow, you know, Manchester City to have the possession. But there's moments in the game, you know, Arsenal have to be brave and almost go one on one and and let Manchester City try to figure it out. Not, you know, Liverpool did it, you know, really went for it. Um, nearly lost it uh, at the end. But they really went for it and they it kind of exposed their back line, uh, which I think that can happen again. Manchester City, you know, Pep is playing like Barcelona possession play. The more possession you 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 have, uh, the other team obviously hasn't got it, and the other team's going to get tired running around, and then the more chance you've got to score. So he's kind of you know trying to mimic what he did he he, he did at uh, Barcelona. So I think in moments. Arsenal have to press and almost go one on one, especially the back line, their back line, Manchester City's back line, and then uh, and then see kind of work that one out. Where are you going to pass the ball now? And then come off and relax and 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 be solid. I mean, it's all about the moments of pressing the, their back line. Who's the key man for Arsenal? Or who's going to play? I think Ramsey can turn really good performance. Um, that could be a key. That could be a key position because Ramsey. Has shown in finals that he's you know he's been um, definitely uh, uh, one to bank on uh, and turn a game around, and it seems like he's turning his whole whole game around, not just scoring ability. Um, he's he, he's he's kind of he knows what what he needs to do now, and uh, and when he gets in good positions, he can either put someone in or you know get a good goal, and that's what it's all about. So I think Ramsey could be uh, definitely. Um, uh, a key player for Arsenal, for sure. Looks like a spin is going to come in for Czech in the Arsenal goal. As a centre-back, would you have been happy with that uh, in your day, the regular first-choice fellow being ditched for the cup goalkeeper? Would that have made you um, slightly wary of this match? No, because I got to the final, and that's what um, Arsenal has set up. Because sometimes, I've seen in the past, you know, managers have a certain player or certain uh, the keeper in or whatever, and then come the final, they take the keeper out or take a player out and put their regular player out. And that, I think, for me, that, that hurts even more. Yes, we all want to win, but then, hey, you, you weren't playing in the last four rounds. I've got here on my mirror, and I've, you know, I've kind of, you know, I've earned my stripes to be here. Yeah, if it's not going well, yeah, come on. I think it's, you know, it's honourable, and, and, and I think that's respect. Um, How do the big egos in the Arsenal dressing room handle that, though? If you're being overlooked for this game, I mean, yeah, because it's it's all it's always been the same. So it's not like he's he's put in check for two games and then you know it's been out for a few a few games or whatever. It's it's being continuous. It's being consistent. So I think if you're intelligent enough as as a player, uh, and you know. Checkers, you know, he, he understands he's, he's won so many things in his in his life uh, as a footballer. He should be able to take that on on his shoulders and, and understand the situation. And I think there should be no 
if you're if you're kind of a, a level-headed guy, that's not a problem. Yeah, that certainly sounds like check to me. Uh, we're obviously speaking ahead of the London Football Awards on the first of March. You know more about London football than most, so who's going to win the big award on the night, the London Player of the Year? <sighs> I think there's only one man really. Um, it's got to be uh, Harry Kane, probably. Uh, I think he's the only contender out there. Is gonna is he's, he's, he's been. Unbelievable over the last uh, 18 months, two years, and um, I can't see anyone past him, really. Does he remind you of anyone you played against? You know, maybe he's like a Lineker kind of thing. You know, in the box, uh, yes, he's, you know, in there scoring goals and scoring all sorts of goals and things like that. You know, he's, he's a, bit, a bit of a Lineker, really. Did you go up against Lineker in training in Spurs in the early days? Uh, no, I was a youth team, I was a youth team player. Um, I think we played them once a couple of times and we beat them and then we never Venable said right that's it we never played them again because <laughs> usually on a Friday you used to have to you'd be a fodder for the uh, first team and then one of the games we, we kind of beat the first team and <laughs> we would never see the game who was in that youth team with you? Um, there's Judah McDougall there's Danny Hill who else is in that team? Uh, I think Spencer Binks was in that team. Yeah, Chris Day goal, I think. So yeah, there's a few guys. And we weren't seen again. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about Harry Kane? How would you have um, how would you have defended against him? I think with with Harry, you you got to kind of realise that he's he works incredibly hard and um got a great shot from outside the box, inside the box as well. You know, he's, he's fox in a box and he's not frightened to pull the trigger outside the box. So that's quite a difficult thing for um, a defender because in the box, you can handle it. Outside the box, if your midfielder don't close him down and you've got to close him down all the time, it's, uh, it, it's a hard day for you because you've got to continually kind of mark outside the box, if he floats outside the box and he gets ricocheted outside and your, and your midfielder's not, you know, closing him down, he's going to get, you know, a sight of goal. So that is the difficult side of Harry. He can, he, he's not some player who has to be in the box all the time so you can lock him down, but he can float back out and if you don't pick him up and he gets sight of goal, he's going to shoot. So you really got to do both, uh, if possible, or really manage your midfielder to make sure he doesn't get... Um, a side to go outside the box and you can't affect it. So that's the thing for me. And I think with Harry, you've got to really, every, every one-two, you've got to go with it. Don't, you know, when he's floating around, trying to kind of get in, pick him up early um, and, and just kind of make sure he has no space to operate in because once he gets a bit of space, once he you know, anticipates uh, anything happening, if he's not locked down, you just know the ball's going to kind of ricochet to him and he's going to get in. So you almost got to anticipate a ricochet going to him. You really have to. You, you think, oh, he's never going to get to him, but you've got to always think in in a in a in a kind of um, in a, in a, not a frequent frequent kind of way, but you've got to think that this guy is in the is in is in the moment. So the, when you when you see centre forwards or any kind of player, you, it's just it's all flowing for them. So they could be on the other side of the pitch. It could ricochet and then it comes out and then it goes to them and they're free and they're like, oh, I've got a side goal here now. And you you think you know that's what makes centre forwards. You know sometimes they're just oh special players up and down the pitch. They're just getting in the right position. 
and um, you got to anticipate that. You I, know it's, I know it's mad to say you got to anticipate a ricochet, but you really got to think that if it hits him, you got to cover. But if he's, you got to make sure if he's free, make sure someone is near there. Don't think he's never going to get there. And if he doesn't get there, it's fine. You've got you, you've done your job. But the minute you think, oh, he's too far out of the situation, that's when it happens. You make it sound exhausting. How did you how did you come down from that after ninety minutes of having to be that alert mentally? Um, I just wanted to do it again afterwards. I think that's that's the thing. Is that the is that the elite mindset? Do you think is that what set you apart? You just want to keep on doing it, yeah. And it didn't bother me working out all those sums. I had more capacity to kind of keep on going. I think that's the thing with with top players. The higher you go up, the more you want, the more quality football you want, the more um, the high, you know, quality players against you you want because you want to keep on going higher and higher and push, not, not pushing your body, but pushing your body, pushing your mind, your mind and pushing you know, what you want to do out of that, that, that particular season. You know, what I want to get out of this season and I want to see how high I can go and how many, def- how many centre forwards or how many teams I can play against and shut them out or, or beat them or whatever and see what I can do. It was all, it, was, it wasn't war, but it was, I just wanted more and more. And the higher I went up, the, the more I wanted and the more my brain could, you know, could handle it. You, you notice that like sometimes in teams, it's when, obviously when the mental, you know, the physical could be there, but once the mental starts dropping out, that's when top teams seem to get the gaps and things like that. And, you know, nine times out of ten win the game. Does that happen to Arsenal? Oh, I think occasionally it does happen, yeah. It's the mental, you know, you've got to be... Mental toughness to, to kind of, in a way, when it's, even if it's like a, bo- not a boring game, it's um, not much is happening and you're winning 2-0, to kind of say, right, I'm, I'm, I'm still alert. Because that's when, you know, you always got the human being who always try to kind of come back at you. So if you think that person's never going to come back at you, that's when it, it usually happens. So, but if you're alert and it doesn't happen, so be it. And I think sometimes you've got to have that mental alertness and that doing the boring things, you know, just making sure you do everything right and, and just always thinking, you know, expect the unexpected. And uh, you, you, do, you do need that because, you know, it does happen. You think you switch off and then all of a sudden you finish the game. We should have won that game with all the position and we're 2-2. Do you see footballers daydreaming a little bit? And, and, and how, do you, how, how does that... How do you stop that happening when you see that in a teammate? Do you need leaders out on the pitch kind of shouting and telling others to concentrate or is that each player's individual responsibility? I think every player's got a couple of daydreamers. You know, um, it just just comes down, you know, how much they daydream. You know, some might just switch off every now and again. Others might switch off a lot during the game, you know. Um, And then obviously you find your kind of level, you know. Uh, The higher the quality players are the ones who hardly switch off, but it can happen. And you just find your level. League Cup, of course, Arsene Wenger's only missing trophy. How how desperate do you think he will be to win this one? I think he will because he's won everything domestically in, uh, in England. So... Naturally, you 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 are you, you want something that you you haven't got, and uh, he's been around a long time, and he's won you know most of ex- domestic uh, uh, trophies that you know you can go for, um, and naturally he probably he'll want this to kind of finish the uh, finish with that. So um, I think he'd be very 
up for it in his own way to, to try to get it because, yeah, he's never won it. You say finish with that. Do you get the sense that he's coming to the end now? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really say that because he's, you know, he's got a lot of strength in him and he wants to, he wants to continue. But I think for, for him, the way he, where he, he sh- well, I hope he's looking at it, is that I haven't got this. I, I want this in my, you know, on my trophy cabinet. I want to have that, you know, hey, I've got uh, a League Cup and, and now I've won everything in, in, it, well, in England anyway. You spent two spells at Arsenal. Had Wenger changed in uh, in between those times in the five years you were away? I think uh, you know naturally everyone changes. You know who stays the same? You know uh, even a year ago. So uh, um, I think with uh, with with Arson, he has um, you know he, he he's you know he's he's got the obviously competitive side. He wants to win. Um, and and that hasn't changed, but I think I think obviously I think the environment around him has changed. You know that's 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 the thing. What's happened? Uh, He's more it, powerful now. Uh, well, no, I think the environment of football has changed okay. around him. You know, I think when he first started, he he could buy a half a million pound Anelka, you know, in France because he had you know, all his um, scouts in there and he can get the best players and, and no one's really looking in in France, only if you're really big and, and you're kind of obvious. No one's going a bit deeper. He was going obviously going a bit deeper with all his connections from Monaco, things like that, and the rest of it. So, but then the market changed and everyone started to look in there. And then I think that changed uh, the landscape and, and for him to adjust to, say, paying 500000 for Nelka now... Uh, which was like big money and not a punt, but now it's 10, 12, 15 million for a punt, you know, on a player, which is ridiculous amount of money. But in, in football terms, you know, I don't think he's quite adjusted to that yet. What did he do for you as a defender? Um, for me, as a defender, you know, I, he put a system down. So, and everyone could kind of play to that system. Um... And for me, most of my most of my football uh, um, learning was obviously at, at Tottenham and in uh, England and things like that. Early 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 days at England, and um, for me, it's about system and having the players to fit the system. Um, and we had quality players to to play to that system, and I kind of slotted in, uh, and that's that's a great thing to have. You you, you know, the worst thing is to have a really good player, but no system, no kind of, no philosophy, no, this is what we, this is what we want to do. And that's the worst thing. Like some great players just floating around at a particular club for years, win nothing, but they're really good players. And, and for me, that would have been a disaster kind of thing, you know, just a great player and you just won nothing. So would he coach defenders in training, Finger? Coach defense, not really. It was, you know, we had Pat doing a bit. I think he's more focused, more forward play. He's much more for, uh, forward play from the midfield, from the back of the midfield or the right back, left back. He was more focused on that. The defending side, um, he wasn't big, big, big on that. Did that bother you as a defender that he was no, concentrating we, more on the forward players? No, because for me, we would do it every now and again. Um, and there was no problem. You know, yes, we, you know, we might go for a sticky pat sometimes, 
do a couple of free kicks and a couple of you know four, uh, backwards kind of you know f- back back four versus six players and things like that just to get us into the groove a little bit. Um, so I've, that was that was you know that was about it. That's the extent of it, really. What's his um, main? Strength? But I think now I think I think I think they need more. I think they need more now mm-hmm. because they've got a different type of player in there now, um, and and football has changed a little bit and almost neglecting the defensive side, which long term you know it's been proven you, you get a good defence you're going to win something. What what do they need specifically? Do they need more coaching? Do they need more coaches? Do they need a different sort of player at the back? Um, I think they just need. Um, they're all good players on the ball and things like that and, and passing out and it's great and it's lovely, it's lovely on the eye. But I think sometimes you, you've got to have that, the real desire to kind of, when it is a difficult game, um, to come out and, and, and stand your ground. And, and I think they need a little bit more of that in some of the tight games. And sometimes not belittling who you're playing against, you know, I think I watched Nottingham Forest in the Cup and against Arsenal. And I, you know, I, I think sometimes I look at that and I say, "Well, you've lost a team like that." It's not a Forest, big team, blah blah blah. But on paper, it should really be winning, even though it was away. I know it's the FA Cup, but it, it was a little bit of kind of disrespecting the opposition as if they could never conjure up anything. And uh, and that's what I'm talking about: the expecting the unexpected. I think they need to have that more mentality. In the team. Going back to what you were saying about needing someone to have that desire, is that something you see generally much of in football now? You know, I was I was watching the, I was watching the game, <laughs> um, Manchester United versus Arsenal, uh, and it's when Overmar scored. And I was watching the, I was watching the game, and um, it was about oh, ten days ago, I think. I was in the game. And I said, I, I thought it was a movie. That's a movie. I was like, this, this is extinct now. I don't see this anymore. It's extinct. What about it? The pace, the power, the skill, the aggression, uh, people f- you know, fighting for the ball, two big teams, um, you know, big, small, everyone going... I know it was a big game, but everyone was at it. I said, like, oh, I don't see that anymore. I said, it's extinct. Or almost. Can you see? Can you see the appeal of how football is now compared to that? It's, it's different, but there you had skill. It's not like the skill's gone out of the game. You know, the skill, I mean, back there we had skill, had pace, had power, had you know, philosophy, had aggression. It had you know, it, it had everything, and I just, I you know, I, I don't see that. You know, and then when when I did see that, it's like when you know some of the teams drop down and play a FA Cup game. And they're not used to that. But, you know, it was interesting just watching the game and I said, whoa, I don't see that anymore. On a regular basis. Arsene Wenger seems to be quite good at man management. No one ever who's, who's been under him seems to have too much bad to say about him in that respect. You played in the Invincibles team who had quite a diverse group of people. How was that managed and how did you all come together for that incredible achievement? I think because of the personalities. So it was sort of self-policing? Yeah. Less about Wenger, more about the team. It was just we had players who who were kind of who were sure of themselves, but 
open to suggestions and open to new things, but they were comfortable in their own skin. Um, and it, it, if something went wrong, it was kind of organised and sorted out. Um, and then sometimes it would, you know, escalate into, you know, you always have spats and things like that. Um, I'm not saying it's healthy, but it's, it's just a fact of life. You're not going to you know, get on with everyone all the time. And if there was a problem, they would go, like, knock on the door and, and, and talk about it. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, that was normal. And I think it was kind of police within. Uh, and then anyone new coming in, either mould into that or it just became difficult for you. You know, it was just excellence. You know, that's what it was all about. Uh, and that's what football should be about, at the highest level, excellence. The Telegraph Total Football Podcast, in association with Lion Trust. Specialist investors who help you head towards your financial goals. Independent thinkers who have the courage of their convictions to make investment decisions. Remember, investments can fall as well as rise. What about now, Sol? Am I right in thinking you're looking to get into management? Mm. Well, I'm trying to. What would be the dream scenario for you with that? Um, for me, you know, I, I've been to a couple of interviews and, and um, you know, I, I, sometimes I say to myself, okay, if I if, took my name out of it and I gave someone a, a, a piece of paper and on that piece of paper I had the, 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 the person who wants to work for your club uh, as a manager for your club, he's won two premierships, um, he's won four FA Cups, He's gone one season without losing. He's, he's played in six international kind of competitions for his country. He's, he's got two uh, world team and one European team for his country. And uh, he's won the League Cup as well. And he's played 500-odd games, well, 500-odd games in the Premier, Premier League or Premiership. Uh, would you like for him to work for your club? Uh, I don't know. Would you at least give an interview for that person? So you're struggling just to even get the interview in the foot in the door, despite your CV. I've had one. I've had one, but yes, there's experience. I understand you need experience. I understand. I totally understand that. But how am I going to experience if I don't, you know, get a job? And and also, I feel that it, how low do you need to go to get the first job until it, it until it kind of gets to the stage that whatever you do, it, it just comes down to luck if you do well. Um, so for me, I'm just going to keep on plugging away. Uh, I'm going to get on with the rest of my life. I'm going to go on courses. Uh, I'm going to have a course with the LMA um, in June. Some more courses with them in London. So I'm going to keep on getting qualifications, uh, keep on going to football games, keep on going to Europe, watching games, watching training and games, speaking to the managers. And then hopefully someone will uh, give me a chance somewhere. What do you learn on those courses and when you're doing your badges? A lot of it, if you've played to your level, must be quite obvious. Obviously, presentation, I think some of the courses they do uh, presentation on a meeting as well. Um, so, you know, how to kind of conduct yourself and what to say. You know. In an interview? Or yeah, interview, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, interview. So, um, with, you know, management or whatever, uh, presentation. So, all those things can help. Um, but it, it can help, but you, you need them to kind of say, yeah, I like him. And, and, and do you need to have spreadsheets and all sorts of things on, on screens? And uh, this is my philosophy. And do you want that written down or do you want me to talk about it? Or do you want both? So it's, all, it's almost like you've got to 
talk about it and show it with a piece of paper. It's always got to the stage that it, it's an interview uh, not for football, it's an interview for people maybe who don't understand football. I can't imagine you've done many job interviews in your life. Do you get nervous going to a job interview? Because it must, you know, going for these must be sort of amongst no, the first you've I get, I get nervous because now it's almost, I don't know what they want. Do they want spreadsheets or do they want me to talk about it? Because some people have spreadsheets and then when they actually do the, get the job, they, don't, they can't do the football. You know, um, well, very rarely anyway. And then, you know, if I don't have the spreadsheet and I just talk to you, is that enough for you, or do you believe that? I don't know. I mean, how much do I need to say before you start believing I can... Let's give this guy a chance. So that's the dilemma I've got at the moment. I'll just keep on plugging away, and hopefully something will, will come about. What sort of manager would you be? Oh, a forward-thinking guy. I've played with very forward-thinking kind of players and teams. Uh, I've always played football, um, but I've always had a strong foundation. Uh, you're not going to win anything or get out of anything if you haven't got a strong foundation. So that, that's what I've built. I, I, I build things to last. I build, I build things to win. And, um, but then I've got my own mind and I, I talk about it, but I'm willing to listen. You know, I'm very balanced like that. And if you don't want a, a, a guy who's balanced and wants to win and can bring people together, then I don't know, I don't know what kind of club you want. Or, what, or I don't know what type of manager you want. Maybe they want puppets all day long, I don't know, who knows. You've said yourself you were quite an unusual character for a professional footballer. Back in those days, I hopefully now there's a lot more people like me uh, in the sense that you're into different things and understanding things. I think when I started, I think it was... Um, it, not, not, I think they, they just didn't have that around uh, footballers into different, different things or, or different kind of... Uh, uh, lifestyles and, and looking at life in a totally different way. Um, that was for people from Europe, and now you know players from Europe are managers. Oh, I like that li- lifestyle, but an Englishman can't be like that. And it's it's just a bit it's a bit weird how people prefer almost think is so fantastic in Europe, and they, you know I want that type of person philosophy in my club. But then you've got English people like, like that like that all day long. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's almost like they want things that. They don't want or can't even see what's under their nose. Mm. Noses. Do you think there's a certain sort of character who gets their foot in the door more easily for these opportunities? I think, I don't know, I think it's kind of, you know, you've got to be in a circuit. I think you've just got to get your first job. Um, what, and then you've got to be what, successful. Tell me what that is, that circuit, because this, this is all very opaque if you're not within it, I think. What, what's, what, what does I think it mean to be in first, that circuit? Well, get your first two, three jobs. Right. Think, yeah. And is that about knowing people sometimes? Because a lot of kind of managers bring their same people to every job, don't they? I think it's, you know, there's 92 clubs. Um, and then if you go down to semi-pro as well, you, there is it even more. Um, yes, I think it's, nice, it's good to know people, good to kind of get your face out there. Um, good probably to have a good agent. Um, but then, you, you know, I, I, I hope you'd want hierarchy to be more intelligent than that. And uh, not just look at the, oh, he's on TV, let's give him a job. Actually look a bit deeper and find something, something else and, and, and balance it out a little bit. And um, look at someone's record. He's been sacked 10 times and taken the club sideways. Why am I giving him another job for? How many of you any, other, any other business, that wouldn't work. How many jobs have you applied for at this point? Well, <laughs> applied, applied for, you know, Ten, and I've only all, had... All manager jobs? All manager's jobs, yeah. Um, and I've had three interviews. Can you say who? 
had one in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, I had one in Kazakhstan. I had one at Oldham and recently Oxford. When was the Oldham interview? Uh, about six months ago, seven months ago. And why do you think they chose the people they did instead of you? They kept the same person. Right. In, same uh, management, management in, so. Mm. Who knows? And Oxford recently, presumably. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Did, you hear, did you get feedback from that? Experience. Right. Um, so I understand. Uh, presentation, uh, they like me. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Do I need spreadsheets mm-hmm. <laughs> and talking? Does it need to be some kind of, you know, almost like a proper official kind of... Uh, it, for me, I look at football as, as quite simple. But now it, it, the presentation it, it is not simple it, because the person... In the, the hierarchy, they're from a different background now. They're from business background. And when you do a, do an interview, maybe they want those spreadsheets and things like that because that's what they understand. But what they don't understand is that when you get on the pitch, it's all about how you deal with the players and what kind of philosophy you're going to do and your, you know, your kind of knowledge, football knowledge, not managing knowledge. Yes, you, and, but then if you can manage people, you can manage players. How would you have managed Sol Campbell, the player, as Sol Campbell, the manager? Uh, I would give him uh, give him a hug and and give him a kick at the rear end at the, at the same time, but also allow him to breathe and allow him to kind of um, operate as a as a young teenager and, and treat him as a man. Did you get enough of that when you were playing the hugs and the, and the room to breathe? Yes, but it was a little bit. You know, I think at the time when I was growing six, six, sixteen to eighteen. My habits were kind of uh, misconstrued and uh, almost like uh, uh, laziness, but um, not caring. But then when I got to the pitch, I, I actually did care about football. I just showed it in a different way. I think now coaches are a bit more um, versed in, in just looking at mannerisms and don't always uh, put that mannerism into stereotypical kind of uh, past experiences for you, for that particular manager, and pass it on. Some, you know, some someone might be lazing around, but then they go to the pitch, they train really hard, and then they play, and there's like they're on it, and then when they're off it, that's their downtime. So you know, hopefully they're a bit more cuter and, and understanding that. Yeah, it's been four years now since you made your comments about uh, you, we would have been England captain more often had you been white. Do you still do you see any signs of progress with those sorts of things in football and at the FA specifically? I think the main thing is 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 finally people have kind of admitted there's a problem. Uh, when I said it, they said there's, there's no problem. I think that's the main thing. Now they finally said there is a problem, but when I said it, it was, it was kind of lambasted and um, you know it's, it's you know it's sad to say it was a, it was a lonely place. Uh, but now, I think the main thing is now that they've admitted and the government's got involved, that there is a problem. But uh, it just took too long. But no one's come back to me and said, so, fancy doing something or whatever, nothing, you know, um, which is sad. Did you have so, any support from within the game when you no, made those comments? No, it in, I had to support more from, my, from players uh, from other countries. Uh, no one within... And then now people, they admit there is a problem, we've got to do something about it. Let's see what happens. Right, let's end with a quick, quick fire round. So, uh, Highbury or Emirates? I like the Emirates because it's a bigger pitch. I wish we had a bigger pitch when we were playing. We probably want more games. <laughs> Best ground you played at? What, for ground or, or atmosphere? 
All together. Completely up to you, so you interpret the question however you like. For atmosphere, uh, when it's really, you know, in a nice way, not in a nasty way, atmosphere-wise, I think Liverpool's been really great. Liverpool. Pitch-wise, I think one of the best pitches I've probably played at uh, nearly all season was probably Man United. Man United, yeah. Your favourite partner at centre-back? Obviously, for England, was was Rio. Uh, and also, for Arsenal, you know, I didn't really play too many times with, um, with uh, Tony. I only played a few times, and I played more times with him for England, because uh, he retired on that, that season, he was injured. I, I think Martin Keown and uh, Colo, Tori. You're going to have to pick one, so... Uh, well, I played more with Colo, so, yeah. He'll be very happy. Uh, the medal you're most proud of? Well, no, my first medal was you know the League Cup at Tottenham. That was you know it was a very proud moment for for me being captain and uh, and winning, uh, but also winning the double for my first year. Also, that was that was special. Yeah, best goal you ever scored? I think my double against Man United when I was at Tottenham to come back to two two. Good choice. Best goalkeeper you played in front of? Uh, I think David Seaman. Yeah. Toughest defeat to take? Champions League final. Your best friend in football? Best friend in football, I would say... What have I got a few? We've got Patrick Vieira, he's, he's right. Yeah. Laurent, uh, he's good. Edu at Brazil. Yeah, there's, there's a few out there. Finally, Jens Lehmann. Jens Lehmann, yeah. of course, yeah. Is he, uh, is he as unhinged as he seems? I think Jens is, 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 you know... For me, about Germany is this. They don't mind... You know, there's good players in there, but they don't mind people speaking their minds. And I think that's one thing we are, you know, and, and they've been successful at it. Uh, and that's, they're not frightened of someone who's intelligent, done really well and got something to say about it. I think over here in England, we, it's, it's a little bit disjointed with, they don't, they're scared with someone who's done well and got, you know, they're, they're sure of themselves. They're not... They, they respect people but they know where they go in and they speak about it and, and we really have a problem and I think Jans is, is probably a little bit misunderstood um, yes he's done some crazy things we've all done crazy things but when you talk to him he's, he's, he's a great guy finally so as a Telegraph journalist I have to ask you what's your current take on Brexit I'm out of that game <laughs> fair play <laughs> thank you very much for your time so. thank you very much That's all for your bonus episode of Total Football. We'll be back ready for your Monday morning commute on Sunday night with special guest and actual god Matt Letizier in to discuss all the weekend's football. In the meantime, get in contact with me on Twitter. It's at Tom with an H Gibbs and let me know your best friend in football. Our theme music is by Polvo. Go to mergerecords.com for more of their top work. Thanks to Abby Patterson on the buttons and thanks to you for your company. I'll talk to you again soon. The Telegraph Total Football Podcast in association with Lion Trust, specialist fund managers.